What's up? <laughs> oh yeah. Glory. Today we'll be getting drunk on the Lord Jesus Christ in a new way. By drinking it, feeling it in your flesh, feeling it in your heart, and just coming right into the Garden of Eden.
becoming the best drag kings and queens. Take a drag. Pleasured 
in the mountain of glory. There will be two massive pools of people forming here. The living will be in full ecstasy in a glory orgy on the mountain. <laughs> It'll be the holy of holies through all the flesh that rises to Jesus Christ on the top of Mount Zion. That's what we're presenting here today at Red Letter Ministries. The wicked will go into divorce and adultery and get worse and worse, but the righteous will shine ever brighter in the fullness of the love glory. And every sexual desire will be fulfilled in the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, the Garden of Eden. And they'll become like the angels. Amen. The final exodus is coming up Mount Zion and becoming like the angels. Becoming like Uriel, Gabriel, Raphael, Michael. Amen. Angels of love. Give people a crystal clear blueprint of the intoxication of the love glory, even its sexual aspects, so there's no confusion. And just wash everyone with your perfect love through our hearts, Father. Fulfill every desire of their heart. Let your sexuality be brought into the glory of God and sanctified. That's how you go from glory to glory. That's what full ecstasy is. That you've brought your all your sexuality, all your fountains into Him, it is written. Every area of pleasure is sanctified for the Father's use. Not self, but for the Father. And that's when you begin to experience the fullness of ecstasy all the time. The Father is your joy, your delight, your exaltation, your ecstasy, and your rapture in every realm of your heart and soul and flesh and bones and blood. And you're lifted up into heavenly ecstasy by divine love. In Jesus' name. You'll fall so in love with Jesus and you'll just get so tantalizingly pleasured in every cell of your body by His <coughs> intimate love that you will just be overcome. You'll be overwhelmed. You'll melt. And every relationship with you have with someone will become a holy threesome because it'll be you, them, and Jesus. Every relationship will be a threesome and it's perfect, intimate pleasure that fulfills you to overflowing. <laughs> you can't take from anyone when you're this in love. You can only give. And it's very erotic in a holy, 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 beautiful way. It's very provocative in a absolutely crystalline, pure, white, holy way. <laughs> and it's what every human being longs for at the core of their being. Let the fullness of divine love stimulate your hearts. 
Don't be shy or bashful about it. Don't hide the areas of pleasure from God. Let God be your pleasure. Let God be your intimate pleasure. It's called the marriage supper and a consummation of the ages in the Bible. It's important that that marital union be experienced by you in your heart, in your soul, and overflowing through your flesh. Rivers of marital bliss. Outpouring from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ fully formed in your hearts and minds in Jesus name <laughs> the sum of the whole law is love love holy love love the Lord your God with every piece of you you have to turn everything over to him and let him love you divinely. And then you have to love your neighbors as you love yourself. So if you love yourself to turn yourself over to him, you'll turn yourself over to your neighbor in spirit and in truth and in holiness. As I was praying for today's broadcast all day today, I was just seeing the desire of the Father to outpour the Garden of Eden through our hearts and the love that we share in our community here in Minneapolis and to bring everyone into this union that He desires a whole group of people. He wants everyone to live in this union. It's John 17, Father, I pray they may be one even as we are one. The same level of intimacy, <laughs> the intensity of the love between the Father and the Son is right where you're going with your heart and your brain and your bones and your blood so that you experience the fullness of love intimately surging through you between the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And you bring all your relationships into that glory and all your relationships come within the Trinity of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. That's what it actually means in the Gospels to go out and baptize all nations in the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit is to bring them into the fullness of love because God, the Trinity, the Godhead, is love. God is love, First John says. So you bring them into the Trinity of love. You bring them into the, the union of ecstasy between the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit in a physical experience of energy that is supernatural and divine. And the angels are released upon your souls so that your souls can inherit the love of the Trinity, which is salvation. Salvation is experiencing that love. Paul said, I pray that you may come into the experience of divine love, which far exceeds knowledge without experience. Experience the intoxication of the union of Father, Son, and Holy Spirit in your belly, in your brain, and in your bones. And let it burn through you and remove all the enemies of divine love so you can live in the fullness of ecstasy on earth as it is in heaven 
by the Trinity. In Jesus' name. When we release these words, I see them as gigantic containers. They can go right into your bellies. You just take it like a gift. Every word that we speak is a gift into your spirit that will activate the same experiences that we have here, there where you are. That's how Paul wrote scripture. He said, even though you've never seen me, you hear me and receive from me in Colossians. They never even saw the apostle. So if you can hear the apostolic word and receive it as a gift, it will activate the same glory that the Apostle Paul's walking in or the Apostles in your day walking inside your hearts and it unwraps in your heart and it burns through your brains and your bones and your blood and it transforms you and it glorifies you. Not just justified, not just fire insurance, but also sanctified and glorified. And the glorifying is the enriching in love, the intimacy. It is love, sex, glory. But it's not like animal sex. It's not like homo sapien sex. It's just love. But it's song of songs, intimacy. It's God trying to bring man back into the union that Adam and Eve had in the beginning. It is sexual, but it's virgin. It's totally virgin. And of course there's confusion around it because sexual confusion is the main sorcery of Satan and his angels. So no one understands until they experience it at first and it does take a risk. Because that's the most pl- that's the biggest place of vulnerability for everyone is their sexuality. And they keep it guarded and hidden, but that's something we have to bring to the altar of the Lord and trust Jesus to heal us sexually from sexual perversion and sexual morality and sexual sin into the fullness of His love glory, which removes all sin and sanctifies us into the fullness of divine pleasure. God's a spirit, so you're not having sex like they do in the natural. You're having sex in the spiritual, but it's not... (laughs) It's not the same. You have to encounter it. You have to experience it. It's totally Holy of Holies union glory. It's the same level of intimacy and angelic ecstasy. In 1 Corinthians 13, it says, Even if I'm in angelic ecstasy, but have not love, I am nothing. But there's this angelic ecstasy that you experience that's divine love that's like the fulfillment of natural sex. There's levels of pleasure in God that you grow in, going from glory to glory. There's levels of natural pleasure, like drugs and sex and partying. There's natural pleasure, but sin is pleasurable for a season. And then we push that aside and we grow in supernatural pleasure. The Bible says that at God's right hand, there is pleasure forevermore. So we rise up with our brains, with our minds, our spirits are there, but our brains are catching up to the eternal pleasures of God. 
and it fulfills all the sexual desires and longings. It's the journey of Song of Songs. But you need a sanctified mind to encounter it, otherwise it's perverted and goes into natural immorality, which everyone stumbles in. So don't condemn yourself when you're growing in love, because that's the entire gospel journey of Christ, taking all of us back into the fullness of holy divine pleasure, which is love. But we've fallen so far from the Father's standard of love that all this stuff comes out of us along the way. And just keep letting it come out because you're being sanctified as you grow in divine love, in divine pleasure. So just because people make mistakes, that's the sanctification of going from glory to glory. And just keep your eyes fixed on the Father to win the prize of full ecstasy burning through your heart and brain and body on earth as it is in heaven. You'll go from pleasure to pleasure, glory to glory, every step of the way. It does take courage and boldness, though. <laughs> the religious nature is entirely opposed to the pleasure and glory of the Father. So everything will try to stop you from growing in the glory of God and growing in intimacy and love glory. But you have to push it aside knowing that God is love, God is intimacy. And keep your noses in the Bible reading about how intimate He desires to be with you so that He calls His celebration of the overcoming of death and revelation a marriage supper, a full feasting of marital love. How intimate is marital love like the book of Revelation says? It's sexual, but it's angelic and it's divine. It's not immoral, it's holy. But it's in the spirit. In the spirit first, and then it becomes glory through the flesh. <laughs> Amen. It'll renew your minds to understanding what Adam and Eve originally walked in. And that's what you and I are going to walk in. We're going to transfigure and walk in full angelic ecstasy full union love glory and we're going to remove all pornography we're going to remove all sexual morality all idolatry all the greed everything in the world that defiles the holy sacred things of God will be removed as we're bold to demonstrate the solutions to the world's problems it will be awkward because if people already had this there wouldn't be immorality in the world but they don't have it yet we got to pioneer it and open up, get vulnerable, get misunderstood, comes with the territory, and just pour out our hearts, demonstrating the holiness of the love, sex, glory of Jesus Christ. Amen. Song of songs, glory. And it will completely break off all sexual morality, all adultery, and all divorce in the world. People will be so satisfied spiritually that no temptation of the natural realm could ever seize them because they're caught up in the Father's love. Oh yeah. It's the healing of the nations. Those sexual wounds are what keep people locked in the curse. Intimacy with the Father on a marriage celebration level as it is written 
completely destroys all Satan's power to kill, steal, and destroy through immorality and idolatry. Amen. It's the hidden stuff of the heart, the sexual desires of the heart, is what keeps people locked in religion. Jezebel is sorcery and immorality. So you have to deal with the immorality roots with the Father's intimacy in order to dislodge the principalities that keep the nations in bondage. We're going after it. I don't care how ugly it looks. It's beautiful in God's eyes. It's easy to serve God. It's hard to serve man. We must serve God and not man. We know this is right in God's eyes. We have the full backing of the kingdom of heaven behind us. We're going after the full release of the intimacy of the Garden of Eden to have a glory orgy in Jesus' name. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> With not one drop of lust. And we're not talking about turning over your flesh to angels, which is what happened after the fall and was perversion. We're talking about spirit to spirit, yielding your spirit to the Trinity and yielding your spirit to those you walk with, with your neighbors in the love glory and partaking of the divine drink and eating and drinking one another's flesh in full ecstasy pleasure. And your intimacy with Jesus, as your intimacy gets deeper and more profound, there will be moments where Satan will try to come in and say, you're not allowed to feel that amount of pleasure because he's done a really good job of deceiving everyone into calling pleasure wrong um, and feeding you his own pleasure, feeding you a natural pleasure instead of a spiritual pleasure. But spiritual pleasure from God himself, the one true holy God, is completely pure and anything God gives you is 100% pure. God will take you as far and as deep as you're willing to go. He won't push it any farther than you want to because he's a gentleman and he actually loves you. But he is ready and willing to go as deep and as far as you're ready. Um, he will take you very, very, very deep. And it's not just as intimate as actual sex between a human man and a wife, it's even more intimate than that. Yeah. It's far more intimate than that. And God will take you as far as you're ready to go, and there's no rush, but He loves you deeply, and He'll take His time with you. Can I make a comment on that? I had a friend who was getting breakthrough in intimacy with Christ, and she had this dream where she had so many layers of clothes on, that in order to be intimate with Christ, she'd have to take off like 20 different veils, 20 different walls that she had put up between her and Christ. I'm like, honey, that's super okay. Jesus thinks it's so sexy, every layer you take off. And you know what? Take it off as slow as you want. He thinks that's sexy too. Or take it off as fast as you want. That's sexy too. It's just like... <laughs> Any any step of removing those veils, he's just like, I love this specimen of love. As you're talking, I was seeing the immorality and adultery and lust coming out of people's hearts and becoming like the pitch of Noah's Ark. Like, that's a testimony yeah. of overcoming all the lust 
of the eyes of the lust of the flesh by intimacy with the Father in your heart. It actually burns the lust out of your heart and brains and flesh and it becomes like a barrier of a testimony of what you've overcome. So that's why prostitutes became powerful apostles in Jesus' ministry because he burned all of Satan's lust out of their hearts and souls and it became a barrier of glory around their physical bodies like an armor of light. So no matter what kind of lust a person is experiencing, as you're intimate with the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit in your heart and the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit in other believers' hearts, it will burn all the darkness out of each other and it's used like pitch, the dark, the black tar for Noah's Ark to be the surrounding wall around you as your testimony. They overcame the devil by the word of their testimony, Revelation 12 says. And that's the testimony of overcoming all of the lust. So that's what the world's going to do. It's going to overcome lust by true love. True love is so pleasurable that the religious spirit actually deceives people that what you're doing is illegal because you're destroying the works of the devil so ferociously when you get into divine sex glory love. (laughs) I have a quick little testimony. Me and um, my... If you guys know Stephanie Clark, we're on the on the street. We're just on some random sidewalk in town one day, and we were looking into each other's eyes. We were looking into each other's eyes, and we were walking in a lot of love at this point. And Stephanie says to me, this is so profound, it almost feels like it could be illegal. Right after she said that, a police officer walked up to us and said, Hey, you're not allowed to be here on the sidewalk. You guys need to keep on moving. <laughs> and we were just sitting on some random sidewalk, just in, in public, just right there. And I thought that was pretty cool. <laughs> Glory. Yeah, there's nothing stronger than love. And this love is what overcomes the last curse of death. That's why people still die, because this hasn't been conquered by the church yet. And so it's a brand new movement. It's a brand new door opening up for us. People that have tried to step in to the union sex glory with Jesus and the Father were so shut down and so stoned to death by religious people in the church through the past that it's been like this no-go zone. Like, Song of Songs only goes so far, and then we misunderstand it, we don't go any further, lest we destroy all the works of the devil in the whole world. Because there's this membrane that you go into that overcomes death, and it's union. And it is union, you could call it as divine virgin love sex glory. It's important that it's sexual because it fulfills all the natural desires for spiritual fulfillment through the natural realm, so you don't actually have to sin anymore sexually. It's amazing. But it's a guarded realm. It's the most guarded realm of the kingdom of hell, so that when people start to tap into that level of intimacy, they're shot down. You don't hear about it in any church in the world right now because it's not allowed. It's totally off limits. But this is the promised land. It's literally the Garden of Eden. 
The Garden of Eden, you could say accurately, is the garden of pure love, or you could say pure intimacy with one another, and it's the fulfillment of perfect relationships on earth. The best relationships in the natural realm just fail in comparison to the relationships in the Garden of Eden. But that's our promised land. And this is the kind of glory that lifts up our hearts and renews our minds and lifts our souls up into that love-glory dimension to have perfect relationships with one another. Perfect husband and wife marriages. Perfect families. Whole families now will be so sanctified and washed in the living waters that they'll be caught up into the Garden of Eden to live perfect lives on earth as it is in heaven. The hundredfold realm of divine love is the promised land and it's all based on intimacy. Children will not be tempted by sexual immorality if you raise them in this love glory. You, I mean, but it hasn't happened yet before and it takes a community to open up. It takes a city. Jesus talked about the, the witness of his people as being a city on a hill. It's a city of divine love. It's a city of perfect selfless intimacy with one another. That you look out for each other's interests more highly than your own. And the living waters give you the nature of God the Father as you're in the city of God. On earth as it is in heaven is a city. There's a city in heaven and there's a city on earth. And we're forming that city because it's a city of perfect divine love. And it takes people being examples and in communities opening it up and walking in it so that people have the blueprint, the revelation in their mind to live in that quality of glory. Amen. We're going to have a perfect city on earth. And it's not like everyone's going to be perfect all the time, but the waters are perfect all the time. And the waters are what keep you washed. Anytime someone sinned in the New Testament, they they were commanded to go and wash. Go and wash and you're clean. Washed in the water of the Word. Don't dwell on the little stain on your garments. New garments every morning. Stay washed. As long as you stay in the water city, in the living waters of the glory of the river of life, and you stay an accepted child, that there's no condemnation for those that are in the river who are called according to His purposes, you'll get washed continuously. All the selfishness, all the lust, all the pride, everything wrong with everyone will completely be washed away the more and more you stay vulnerable to this love to change you. The love is what transfigures your nature into the exact divine nature of God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. And everyone will live and love exactly like Jesus Christ. Jesus was so intimate with people, he'd have his best friend just lay right on his chest. The Bible says in the Gospel of John, John just laid his, che- his head right on the heart of Jesus. That's union. That's a perfect example of ecstasy. Can you imagine the glory, the love, the intimacy, the Father Himself burning through the Son of God, Jesus Christ of Nazareth, right into the brain of His beloved John laying on His chest. That's what all of us are going to demonstrate one to another, laying our heads on each other's hearts and burning the fullness of the Father's love formed in us into each other's souls. And we'll be, we'll be so built up, we'll be the city of heaven on earth. 
and that kind of love and that kind of union. And our souls will shine and everyone that comes around us will taste that divine love. And it won't be mocked. It'll be honored. It will take over the world. It will overcome death in Jesus' name. And look at look at Thomas, doubting Thomas after after Jesus was crucified and resurrected, he came back and he said, Lord, unless I can put my hands inside your glorified spirit body, I won't believe. And he said and he was allowed to come place his self inside of Christ. To be completely immersed in God, in his spirit. And he was the only <laughs> disciple awarded with that, even though he doubted. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, 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 uh. Psalm says, Taste and see that the Lord is good. Ask and see that I won't pour out a blessing for you so much you can't contain. God is called a liquid in Scripture continuously, the river of God from Genesis to Revelation. It's the full revelation of who God is. He's liquid love. He's liquid ecstasy. (laughs) And that's all He is. And when you begin to drink and taste and see, His goodness will manifest in you and it will transfigure your heart and brain. And you become liquid yourself. You become a river yourself people around you will feel that ecstasy. It can get so strong. We haven't tested the boundaries of this river yet. No one has. Together, we will completely consume all the natural dimension with the river. There won't be banks anymore. There won't be boundaries or borders. There is no law against love. Love will dissolve all boundaries, all borders. And I'm not talking about human love. I'm talking about the glory and the fire of God the Father that deals with fallen angels, that deals with pride, that deals with sexual morality and sex trafficking and mafias and everything corrupted in the whole earth will burn with this love glory. This love glory is very bold. It's the lion of the tribe of Judah. And he will not be denied. He will consume every last soul on earth. He doesn't even ask permission as he comes in and raids your cities. Every city on earth was purchased with his blood 2,000 years ago. He will wash through the world. He said his second coming would be like the days of Noah. Did he ask permission in the days of Noah? Is it okay if I drown the world? Everyone said no, but he did it anyway. He is violating everyone's will that says no to the fullness of his glory. Because the fullness of his glory burns out all of our stubbornness, all of our idolatry, all of our immorality. Everything corrupted by sin will burn in the floods of Jesus Christ and this outpouring of divine love. And it's a burning of true love. And it will transform people. It will bring renaissance. It will bring healing. It will bring deliverance from demons. Healing of every sickness and disease. The fulfillment of all sexual pleasure in holiness. Without hurting each other in lust and killing each other for personal gain. It will completely revolutionize the world. It's coming and ready or not, here it comes. And nobody gets a vote in it. 
All it took is a few hungry people to raise a standard like Noah and drown the world. People are thirsting for this level of righteousness to live completely saturated in the hundredfold love of the Garden of Eden on earth. And those that don't want to, why would you not want perfect love wrapping you, moving through your bones, moving through your blood, moving through your brains, moving through your hearts, sanctifying, purifying you to live perfectly as God's perfect? Why would you not? Because you love sin still. Because you still love demons and the rewards of serving at the altars of demons and the selfishness and the greed. There's a reward for sin. And there's a reward for righteousness. But we're not even going to give people the punishment of their sins. What we're going to give them is divine love that they don't deserve. It's actually a more severe punishment. Because it's scarier. Because it's not of the same world. It's not of the same kingdom. It's not of the one-third that people grew up in in Babylon the Great. That whole realm will be washed away and dissolved out of the natural dimension so that human beings have no demonic influence. The glory of God will seal people all around. It's written in Song of Songs. It's the marriage canopy. It's the canopy of the marriage of the bride and Jesus Christ. And it will so consume people, it will be like a dome of Isaiah chapter 4 verse 5. A dome of love that will be a canopy of protection from Satan and his angels. It will remove the curse from nations. This move of God of love glory will remove the curse from the air and from the earth and from the bones and from the blood and from the influence of thought life that people's souls will be influenced with the glory and goodness of God and the thought life of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Like it says in Scripture, go and baptize nations. Take over the atmosphere with Father, Son, and Holy Spirit so that everything that has breath, Psalms 149, can praise, honor, and magnify the Holy Spirit, the glory. And you need to understand the Holy Spirit as the fullness of pleasure. Not this just conviction of sin, elementary teachings that we're stuck on for 2,000 years, but the spirit of glory, the fullness of ecstasy, the spirit of ecstasy, the spirit of the Garden of Eden. The spirit of Eden is our reward. Mm -hmm. And you don't have to be a good person. Jesus hung out with sinners and tax collectors. Just change drugs. Change from religion to the spirit of Eden. Change from rebellion to the spirit of Eden. Just ask the spirit of the Garden of Eden, of the Lord Jesus Christ, Mm. to rapture you, Mm. to come into your flesh. Anything that says that Jesus doesn't come into the flesh is the spirit of Antichrist. So we remove the religious spirit that blocks you from inheriting the Garden of Eden. Let it be removed from your hearts and your minds and your flesh and your cities and your nations and be sealed out of the natural dimension and all of its influence will cease and desist its maneuverings for the harvest of your souls into the ecstasy of Eden in Jesus' name. And all this love glory, it's spoken about through the whole Bible. And in the book of Revelations, it's so clear. We all think God is coming with a hammer of judgment out of fear, like religious fear, of destruction. Look, He's just releasing more of His love. And that love will destroy you 
if you are caught up in the flesh apart from Him. His judgment is love. His judgment is love so strong, so full. That is the torment. His full love is the torment. Mm. You ever seen even in, in, in natural relationships, when you love someone wholeheartedly, and they can't receive that love because they've been wounded. It's almost like, tor- not that they're wounded by you, but they were wounded by other people. And they don't have a, a grid to receive that love. That's what we're talking about. They're going to run from it. They're going to run, and, and this is what Revelation says. They will try to hide out in caves and in mountains because the glory love that is so strong has come against their flesh. And they don't have a spiritual bank account through Christ to receive it. They don't have a way to receive the glory that has come. Mm-hmm. And it will be, that will be the torment. That is what the book of Revelation is all about. Yeah, if you just, if you want to go deeper into this, first of all, it's all right here, right now. Mm-hmm. All you have to do is open up to it. Like, it's all right here. Um, there's nothing lacking. It's all on you opening up. Mm-hmm. Just opening up. Everything is on you opening up because it's all available. It's all been purchased for you. The veil's been 100% torn. There's no waiting anymore. It's all available to you right now. Your deepest dreams and desires, everything you want to get fulfilled in is all available for you to just inhale right now, Mm. even in this moment, even in this moment right now. Mm. And praise is the password into this realm. Praise is the password because... You're stuck under the curse of self. Praise is the exact opposite of self. Self is your password out of the curse because it's not about you, it's about love. Love does not seek its own, it seeks the ones around you. Everyone around you is Jesus. Everyone around you is God. Whatever you did unto the least of these, you did unto me. Whatever you did unto the least of these, to that prostitute or the crackhead on the side of the road, you actually did it to God. You did it to God. It wasn't like you did it to God. You did it to God. So your pa- your password out of this curse and into this ecstasy of love, which it's amazing. It's amazing. And these words that are coming into your brain, you don't know anything in your brain. You don't know what we're talking about. You have no idea what you're talking about unless you've experienced it. And you can experience it right now by just opening up to it. And you can open up to it by just praising God. And God's right here. You don't need to look for him to praise him. You can you can praise him in the person right next to you. You can praise mm. him inside of yourself. He's right here, and all you have to do is just Jesus. Mm. <laughs> I love you. Mm. I love you more than anything in the entire universe. <laughs> Nothing else matters to me. You could take away everything right now, and I still have you, and I still have everything. Worship him with your words. Worship him when the first thing in the morning when you wake up. He loves it if you wake up in the morning and you don't check your phone. You just lay there and say, Hi, God. I love you. <laughs> I love you. <laughs> you're my favorite thing. I want you to fill my entire day. And he loves it when you're laying in bed at night and you're like, Oh, my God, I can't wait to wake up in the morning because I love you so much. <laughs> it is a relationship and it is a two-sided relationship and he's not just waiting, you're not just waiting for him to do everything in your life. It's a marriage. Mm-hmm. It's a marriage. So he's giving you everything. The only reason you haven't received it is because you haven't taken your side of the relationship yet. And the, the fruits that come out of it, you know, it's just total, when you enter it, the love, there's no law against love, and it's 
complete acceptance and it's not flesh love it's love in the spirit towards the one who made you yeah. and it's wholesome and it and it fills you and it fills you so much your soul is at war you know the, your your soul is at war with your spirit until you're completely sanctified and whole mm. yeah and your mind has to be renewed to it and your mind has to even be cast down in comparison to receive this from the spirit because your mind is stuck in Babylon. Your mind is stuck in, in old order. Not the original order. And so when you get to this place where the fruitfulness is so pleasurable, it's it, and this is what the book of Joel says, in the end times, they will walk with the Garden of Eden before them and the wasteland behind them. And I'll tell you why. Former glory movements before this love glory, you could turn back and still be spared. But if you turn back from the love glory, it is a, a wasteland and you have rejected the Holy Spirit, you've rejected His in intimacy, there's no way to reconnect you. But we walk literally with the with the garden at in the kingdom of heaven at hand in front of us and behind us is the wasteland. And if we turn our back on somebody, we're turning the wasteland to them. It's that powerful. We've been entrusted with that much authority through this love, this love embrace that he has for us. And you get to the point, like after the war and the mind is over, you get to a point of complete peacefulness where there's just no striving and the fruits just become so immense. It's as if every fruit of the garden you're living in at the same time. It's as if your body has been transformed by your spirit and you're living out of all the trees of the garden at once except the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you you are omnipresent you are you are in union with all of those fruits of which there is no law against so of course we can access them as much as we want and the desires of the flesh go completely away i mean we're, we're to the place where it's like we hardly want to sleep we hardly want to eat we hardly want to do anything but praise and and be in the glory and you know what? Having a spiritual drink, which was which is commanded of us, drink my blood and eat my flesh in remembrance of me, to remember yourself to the body of Christ, to remember yourself to the trees of the Garden of Eden, and to be in fullness. And so when you take that drink of his intoxicating love, not a drink of this world, it helps you enter. It helps you receive it. Your mind parts like Moses' part of the Red Sea. Our mind is just red matter. And it, and it needs to be parted so that he can impart love into us. I'm seeing the pearl of great price and the man who went and sold everything he had to buy the field. And it's the selling out of our entire flesh for the pearl that represents virgin love glory. It's a pearl. It's your virginity in Christ. It's your intimacy. That love and your marital union with Jesus in your spirit is the pearl of great price that we sell everything. We sell everything to buy the field of the heart that contains the pearl. But even if in buying the field, Jesus alluded to, there will be a lot of brown and black soil encrusted around this pearl that will try to corrupt 
its virginity, its purity, its holiness, its sacredness. Its divine nature is so precious, but it's protected. Jesus' works are finished, so it comes into you like a pearl, but it's surrounded by a, a field of dirt. The dirt is what gets washed away by the pearl as you give your mind to the pearl. And then all that's left is the pearl, and the pearl becomes the gates of the city when you're fully sanctified, and all the dirt of the world is washed away from your spiritual pearl, which is your new creation man as a virgin. When you are fully virginized by the living waters and the soil of the world washes off you, you rise right up into the celestial angelic realm and become a gate to God. And anyone that walks through your spiritual pearl is fully sanctified as you're sanctified. That's what the sons of God are. Perfect virgins and gates to God. Wow. Yeah, it's, it's how you find your identity. It's like God's eyes are the only mirror where you can see yourself correctly in the entire universe. And what you're going to see is a perfect reflection of God himself. That's why it's your identity because you can't find it anywhere else. You can't find it in information about God. You can't find it in books that other people wrote about their experience from God. You can't even find a relationship with God in the Bible where people wrote about their relationship with God. Your everything you're looking for, that pearl of great price, is found when you gaze into the eyes of God. And all it takes is seek and you will find. That's a promise. Knock and the door will be open to you. And the thing is, you don't need to get anywhere. God has already gotten to you. You don't need to look for God. He already looked for you. In fact, you knowing God is Him knowing you. You you loving God is Him loving you. It's only one love. It's not two loves. It's your desire for God is actually God's desire for you being birthed through you. There's nothing in yourself. You've already been joined to God. You're already one spirit with Him. So the aching and the longing you have for what we're talking about is God's aching and longing for you, His beloved bride. And all you have to do is surrender into it and let go into it and take a little bit of time to lay in your bed and just let the the cares of the world and everything else drift out of your consciousness and you'll realize that it was there all along in stillness. It was there the entire time and it was profound you will wonder why did i not just sit still for 10 minutes 20 30 years ago it's the most precious jewel in the entire universe and it got to you because it loves you <laughs> god loves you <laughs> sit still and receive it <laughs> ah, the lion of the tribe of judah yeah he wars for your hearts to be perfect your minds to be perfect. He wars for your souls. And we often misunderstand the Lion of the tribe of Judah's nature in our souls because we don't see our own elevation in the river. We don't see the river and we don't understand the river and we don't live out of the glory of God as our source and our treasure in our souls. We do to a degree, but there's more. We go from glory to glory, which is which means we rely in our souls upon the glory in our hearts 
for all provision in this world. We rely on the angels of the glory. Jesus relied on angels, as the Bible says, you will see angels ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. Jesus relied on angels every single day of His ministry. He could do nothing except what He saw His Father doing. What did He see His Father doing? What the angels were doing, ascending and descending from His Father upon His soul every day. That was His daily mission on earth, is what the angels were doing, coming from the Father upon Him as He went from glory to glory for His three and a half year ministry. That's what we need to be doing, partnering with the angels and rising, getting our orders from the angels, speaking to our souls. How do you know it's an angel of light that would deceive? Obviously, you test the angels, which is test the spirits. But once you get to know your angels and you're walking in tremendous glory, you're not so easily deceived anymore like infants in Christ. You know the fruits of the Spirit. You live in the Garden of Eden, for God's sakes. You're in continuous ecstasy, so you have confidence before God. Confidence before God is confidence with the holy angels that release such tremendous glory from standing in the presence of your Father in heaven. This whole harvest is done by angels. Jesus Christ said at the end of the age, the angels are the workers. The angels are the harvesters, he said. I know they weren't in past revivals. Reinhard Bunke, rest in peace. But the days of Reinhard Bunke and the days of uh, Billy Graham, those types of evangelism are over. And it's the days of the great harvest of the angels that are the the workers for people to enter the fullness of the kingdom's glory. They're not going to be saved into churches. They're going to be saved into new cities that are like New Jerusalems. They're going to be saved into Goshen's. And whole society systems that are washed in living waters. And it's coming upon you this season. The the true prophets of God have been warning you about this for decades. And now it's finally upon you in a river release that will completely change American and global society. It's the most beautiful thing. You're entering the rest of God. And the rest of God comes forth by the river of God. There is a river that makes glad the city of God. The city of God is not just in heaven, but it's in our hearts. And if our souls are sanctified, we project it by water. And the water itself sanctifies all hearts and minds and produces the city of God on earth. And the more people that are in the water, the stronger the walls of the city built with living stones. We are the water city of God, of the living waters. We are the fountain of life. And what does the Bible say? The spirit and the bride say, come who are thirsty. All who want to drink, come and drink from the bride. Come and drink the river gushing in the fullness of her sanctified soul. She is the city of the living water, the city of the fountain of the third heaven on earth for everyone to come like animals of all nations into the ark of the bride's river release and they'll drink the living waters and they'll be sealed in the city of God as they drink from us. Yeah. And what are the three attributes, the primary attributes of God? He's light, he's love, and he's spirit. There's others, but if you just think of those three, and in the light of Christ there is no darkness. (laughs) All you have to do is connect the light 
between you and between God, between Christ, and the light between you and your brother, your neighbor, and your spirit and your love, all of it, complete light without darkness. Complete light without darkness. And, and here's another display of God's love glory. <laughs> when, when Mary came with the expensive perfume, okay, and she came to wash Jesus' dirty feet, okay, with her hair, okay, what is hair? Hair is authority or glory and strength, right? We know that from Samson. <laughs> it's might and it's glory. She took her glory and washed the feet of Jesus of all offense because feet were offensive. Her glory was cleansing the offense between man and woman and God and the feet of God so that we could so that we could approach Him and be part of Him and let our glory be part of Him and interwoven at His very feet. Uh, uh, <laughs> there is such a drunken glory here right now. You guys ever done a barrel? It's the well. Bring the well down on your head. <laughs> the well of virgin humility, water of the lamb. <laughs> the well of all the bride of Christ's rivers. Everything that's stopped up in every member of the bride right now, we're going to drink it to unstop her, to uncork her, to release the fullness out of every single member in particular of the bride and body of Christ for the river release to drown the whole world. Isn't it interesting? <laughs> oh, wow. Isn't it interesting that Jesus went to the demoniac man? He had more demons than anyone else. Probably the most unredeemable man out there. And what happened? The beast system, all... 4,000 or whatever demons were cast out of him and put into a herd of pigs. And what did those pigs do immediately? They drowned themselves. And like the woman at the well who drank the living water. There is a place where the beast system is totally cast out and put in the water. And no demon in hell can separate you from it. And here's the thing. The man was found in sane mind, wearing clothes. <laughs> okay? And what happened? He wanted to follow Christ. Isn't it interesting? He's the first one who came to Christ that's recorded and said, Let me follow you. And what did Jesus say? 
he said, no, go, without any discipleship, without any training, because he was completely free of the beast system, because the beast system that was in him was put completely in the water, the pork. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Which really represents that those who get into the drinking are already in the fullness of the gospel and they don't need any more teaching from Amen. Jesus. That's right. It's like you already got it all now that you're in the river and the fullness well, of the spring. <laughs> and so. All you need is the river. When you're in the river, you're in the fullness of the teachings of Christ all the time. You're a living epistle. You're the perfect representation of the Father when your head is underwater. That's right. And the enemy will try to say, well, you're not because you're too silly, you're having too much fun, and you're too pleasured. And Listen, we're going to completely transform what Christianity looks like to the river of life. The days of Noah will do it. You're deep into the days of Noah right now. I mean, there's been water being released. The river's been talked about in the charismatic church for 40, 50 years. And every revival has been around the drinking. People are going to start drinking and realizing this is the cup of the new covenant. This is the fullness of God the Father in the Holy Spirit. And we haven't fully realized yet we know that Jesus is the fullness of the Father, but we haven't fully realized yet that the Spirit is the fullness of the Father. And He is. The Spirit is the fullness of Jesus and the fullness of the Father. And that's what's been offered to every man, woman, and child in the world since Jesus ascended into heaven. You can drink my fullness, but it's coming in the cup of the Spirit. So if you're in the natural, you could manipulate it and kind of do your own thing, have mixture, have a couple pet demons on the side... No one's going to see because it's just the Spirit in charge here. It's not like Jesus is here. And he talked about those people as like the, the bad tenants of land yep. who did not honor the Spirit or the river as the fullness of the Father and the Son already on the earth. So this is the time that we honor the river as the full representation of the Trinity because we haven't really done that yet. It's kind of still a side dish everywhere. But it's the cup of the new covenant. It's the fullness of the new covenant. And until we come into a full understanding and revelation and intoxication and manifestation of the river in the river city of living water and the temple of the river formed in Christianity, then we're not the accurate representation of what Jesus Christ purchased for us yet. But that's what we're going to do. We're going to represent the fullness of the Father and the Son in the water temple, which is the full working of the Holy Spirit. That's what the Spirit of God has been trying to do with every person who believed in Jesus for 2,000 years, is to form the city of God and the temple of God in the living water, without any flesh or control, without any religion, without anyone putting their hand on it, without the mark of the beast in the brain and the mark of the beast on the hand, just water pouring out the head and water pouring out the hand, fully controlled by the river water, mm-hmm. without any man, without any demon, without any rules or regulations. We haven't gone to the place of trusting the Spirit that perfectly. But we will. And when we do, it will form the fullness of the new Jerusalem on earth. Mm -hmm. 
and it will be the demonstration to the whole world who God is. And that's when the Spirit and the Bride say, Come to the fountain that we formed in the new city, the city of God's glory, the city of the fountain of life, and drink it. This is the fullness of God in the water. The Bride and the Spirit say, Come and drink and experience the fullness of the Father and Son already here. Amen. And what's it say in Proverbs? It says, "Don't give your don't give your well over to the prostitutes, and don't don't jump in the well of the prostitutes, right? But let your let your well be turned over and be enjoyed in the fountain of your youth. The fountain of your youth, the before time began fountain, which you should be immersed in. You have to repent." from the well of prostitution and flesh and get in the well of the intimacy of God. Oh, amen. It's going back in the living water through the the Jesus God of Genesis into eternity in the new covenant priesthood of Melchizedek without beginning, without end. It's returning your spirit into eternity by drinking the living water and pulling the brain into submission to the Spirit's ability so that you live out of eternity while you're still on earth. And it's all in the well. It's all in the water. And the more you drink, the more your time gets redeemed and more your things get redeemed and the more the curse falls off of your heads. It's the crucifixion of self by the drinking of the living water. It fully sanctifies your soul back through Jesus Christ, the eye of the needle, into eternity. To live out of God the Father. Before I formed you in your mother's womb, I knew you, he said to Jeremiah. And Father, restore to them the joy of salvation. And that they may have the glory that I had with you before the world was, in John 17. Amen. There's the glory of before you were born that you're going back into. We're not just going into the future glory. We're going into the eternal past glory. Because the Father has always been, I am that I am. I'm present in eternity past, present and future, outside the capsule of time and space. And through Jesus, you pull your soul through the living water into eternity. And that's what really freaks people out because they like some of the temporal stuff. That's idolatry. That's the curse of the fall actually coming out of your hearts is the stuff you cling to when you say no to going deeper in the eternal waters. But you can go so deep that you become an eternal creature. That's the overcoming of death. Mm -hmm. That's where we're all going. And it feels good. It's like the fullness of ecstasy all the time. You live underwater. You live in the well of humility. You're living in the new earth. And the new earth comes from below in the living waters, in the waters of humility. Most important thing is throw your whole soul down the well of humility and drown it and don't ever come up to breathe the air of pride again. (laughs) Glory. It's just becoming a child again. Only the incorruptible seed is small enough to fit through the eye of the needle. So you tuck all parts of your soul into that seed by letting it fall into the ground and die. Because only when a seed dies can it come up and bear fruit. And so you die by literally letting go of all plans 
letting go of all control, even letting go of your ability to let go. You even need help to let go. It's perfect humility, and you even need God's strength to be humble because ultimately that humility is God. You need God to have God, you know, because He is the great I Am. And ultimately, it's all about being still and knowing that I am God. You just be still and know that I am. You just be still and know. You just be still. You just be because God already is the I am and everything is already complete. It's already, today is already the day of salvation. Today is a portal into heaven. Today is the day. <laughs> and anything that says distance or delay or it's an excuse for unbelief is what it is. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Amen. Mm -hmm. We drink and we know things. Uh -huh. We live underwater, we revelate, we fellowship inside each other's hearts. We found eternity inside each other. And you can fully see the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit inside everyone when you're in the water of humility. <laughs> That's how you learn to love one another. You can love everyone before their soul wakes up to who they are in their spirit. That's unconditional love. That you see the potential in their heart, even though their head is completely caught up in a world system that is so confusing and horrible, almost everyone's confused right now and doesn't know who they are. Our job as leaders in Christianity is to show them <laughs> unconditional love in their hearts and believing in them, loving them unconditionally, disciplining wrongdoing, not allowing Jezebel, like it says in Revelation 2 and 3, not allowing the works of the Nicolaitans. There are certain things that Jesus hates. And so you, you deal with that stuff and you punish sin and you kick sin out of the camp, but it's to free the spirit. God disciplines those He loves, but His discipline always intensifies your ecstasy, your prosperity, your healing, and it magnifies your spiritual growth. Understanding the Father as a perfect vine dresser and not being afraid of being pruned. I love when the Father prunes my garden. Have your way with me, Father, in my heart, soul, and flesh, in all my world, Every day in all my relationships, I give it all to you. I trust you to father me in every area of my roots and in my heart. And in that full yielding and surrender, God can cultivate you into a perfect tree of life. Yeah. And that's when there's no sting of death in any area of your soul because you're fully fathered by God without being fathered by demons. If we allow even a couple areas of sin that we're not willing to give up, we're going to have the sting of death in our life. And one fly can ruin the perfume. It's true. That fly can grow up to be just a gigantic dinosaur just blocking all the goodness of God. I've seen it many times. It's happened in my life many times. And you just get rid of it. And you stop letting any little secret sin, any little pet, anything... Any, any kind of pride, anything that the Father shows you in the Spirit and the light and the revelation reveals, you just learn to yield all because you love the Father and you know how much He loves you and you see the consistent fruit from His fathering by always yielding to Him. You fall in love. 
and then it doesn't even feel like a sacrifice anymore. You're just all in every day. All of you, Father, none of me, whatever you want to do. Amen. Wow. Yeah, and even 1 Corinthians 5.4, this is Paul writing to the church. He says, So when you are assembled in worship and open the secret door of praise, <laughs> when you are assembled and I am present in spirit and the power of Jesus is present, that's when Paul is with them and then there's another teaching there. But the point is, Paul's spirit was present in the Corinthian church. And he was yielding his spirit to be present with them. And to be present with the Lord Jesus. And here's the thing. We've let darkness rule the astral realm. Like this is supposed to be for us. This is supposed to be union love glory where we are unified in spirit, in all the places the Lord's commanding us to be, so that we can do the finished work. And I know, like, not everyone's going to be completely called to this or completely understand it, but it's available for all of you if you just have faith for it. It's available. It's it's what it's how we're supposed to be operating as the fully matured bride of Christ, the body. Whoa. To be traveling from city to city, communing with the various tribes and gatherings of his holy people, and being present together in spirit. Because when the door of praise opens, our spirits are all interwoven together. What better verse do you need than that? so good. I'm so thankful for Jake and Nikolai and Penny over there and our community growing and getting stronger. Our bond of love is being strengthened with might. We're going to get so strong together in divine love that we become an unshakable force through society that they'll have to pay attention to us because our community will get so strong in the glory of His love. And this is the beginning of the hundredfold glory love revival. It starts with just people that won't back down. You break open a realm, then you maintain that territory. We've had everything of the enemy come at us the last three months against our marriages, every relationship. The warfare has been insane out there and everyone testifies of that that we know in the whole world. It's to guard this pearl of great price. I'm not going to let the soil of the world cover up this pearl. This is the promised land. We have found the union love glory of the hundredfold that Jesus spoke of. Hallelujah. We found it. And we oh. found it in the water, and we found it in each other's hearts, and we will strengthen it every single day, no matter how much people misunderstand from religious teaching. This will become the mainstream. This is what takes over the world. This is what forms the new earth and the new heavens where love dwells. So we're not backing down. We're getting stronger in every day. We're going after every little lie. They would try to attack this right. realm. We're on the offense. Mm -hmm. 
Jesus is coming in love. That's like the Lion of Judah.、Mm-hmm. It's the force of His love on the front lines of Joel's army that's terrorizing the enemies of this union.、Mm-hmm. The enemies of experiencing full ecstasy and intimacy with the Godhead in each other,、yeah. in each other's hearts and through each other's souls. That's right. And the soul realm is the realm where there's confusion and jealousy, and and this love stuff stirs up jealousy on a level you can't imagine because、totally. it deals with the fullness of the curse of the fall,、yeah. and it has to be dealt with, and it's ugly.、Yeah. But ugly work is what the priests do. That's why you almost have to be a priest to be a pioneer in this thing, because you're dealing with the ugliness of the curse and all the enemies of divine love every day that would try to shut down you overcoming death.、Mm-hmm. Love that's stronger than death is being pioneered for the whole world through this company, and it's getting stronger every single day. And I'll even say this gospel. Message is so precious to the Father and to Jesus because this is what He paid the price for. That I will say right now in the power of the Spirit of the Lord, that if you preach any other gospel than this love gospel, may you be accursed, because this is His promises fulfilled, and may you never be redeemed because you have denied the Holy Spirit. You have denied everything that He purchased and sanctified, and you've turned your back to it. You've turned your back to God. And it is time that we release the power and authority, and it's unstoppable. And I love you, but it's time to get serious about this. This is how serious we are. This is no joke. This is love unleashed and unfurled. And we have gone through and paid a heavy price, and we count it all joy because of the love Christ has for us, because we knew the price He paid for this. That we will inherit everything. There's no doubt about it. This is what they died for. This is what the apostles in the first century were martyred for. This is why the Romans came in during their love feasts and crucified them to death, men, women, and children. Because this love destroys all the works of the devil and all the devil's building through Cain and wormwood and selfishness and pride and lust and perversion, the love of God, this divine realm, is what slaughters the whore of Babylon into the lake of fire. Beast, false prophet, and red dragon slaughtered out of all flesh by the river of divine love. They will be demonstrated in boldness without any soil on the. Pearl. Amen. We will be spotless lambs, releasing the fullness of the fountain of divine life every single day with the full backing of our Father and His angel armies upon all flesh. Amen. Amen. And you can either be a rider on this wave, riding on the wave, conquering the world, or you can get conquered underneath it. Either you are riding out to war with God as a lover, taking over the world and inheriting everything, or you're being destroyed and being inherited by God. This fragrance of love will either be a sweet perfume to you, or it'll be a sour stench. It'll either bring you to life and resurrect you into the highest heavens, the most insane glory you could ever imagine, or it will straight up kill you. And it all depends on how you react to it. It all depends on if you turn to it and embrace it, and your spirit 
Everyone spirit watching already knows this is good and true. Some of your brains is saying, ah, I don't know about that, but everyone already knows this is good and true. So you are without excuse if you refuse it because everyone knows that this is right, this is good, this is true, and this is the best thing the entire universe has ever seen in the past or in the future. You accept it and you let it into you and you embody it and you become it just by receiving it. It's insanely easy to just receive it and you inherit the entire cosmos it's huge and it's not that far away um the full moon this month is on 12 12 um that's that's the that's the bride of christ in revelation 12 government um, <laughs> it's the government being established and mm-hmm. um <laughs> i was looking at it yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's the most beautiful thing in the world and if you reject the most beautiful thing in the world there's heavy judgment against that because Beauty is powerful. <laughs> As you were talking, Jake, I saw the scene from Lord of the Rings when the elf princess is riding the horse with Frodo's poisoned, yeah. and she Ooh. hits the river, and the river was horses. <laughs> it was a river of horses that washed away the black riders, <laughs> the demonic armies. And I see the white horses, and the water horses, and it's the us riding war horses of the Holy Spirit's virginity (laughs) and humility. But truly white represents virgin garments, white garments, new garments, white linen that were perfectly spotless without lust. That's people that have partaken of the marriage feast already that are riding the virginity of the Lord Jesus. That's our power. That's supernatural humility and virginity without any sexual perversion, but that can only be obtained in the living water, and the living water itself becomes your horse. That's what the vision is. It's the horse, it's a white horse, it's a virgin horse, it's the power and purity of the white dove. He's not just the white dove. The Holy Spirit is not just the the white dove, it's also a white horse. The dove becomes the horse as you get purified and sanctified, and you get his battle armor putting on the full armor of God, which is putting on the full virginity and humility of the glory of God, putting on the wisdom of the ages, putting on the word of God inside and out, and taking up the sword of the Spirit, the word of God, sharper than any two-edged sword, to the dividing asunder of soul from spirit and bones and marrow, and judging all the thoughts and intentions of all men's hearts, cut out and circumcising all hearts with white horse water armies, like stampeding through everyone's flesh, judging everyone's hearts, purifying the nations. We release the white horse army riders through the nation's hearts to bring judgment with living water sanctification and the armies of God. Release in Jesus' name. It's the 144,000 that have already pierced the veil with Christ Jesus. They're the captives that Jesus took captive, the love slaves that he brought up into the third heavens. We're living out of the third heavens. We're living out of the third temple, and we're returning to earth. We're not in earth. We're returning to earth, riding on white horses to conquer and establish the kingdom of heaven. And anyone who wants to enter the third heaven is as easy as drinking. (laughs) You really have to get high to get into heaven. You think you're going to get to heaven, and it's just going to be like the same way it is right now. You're not going to be high in heaven. You think that when you die, when your physical body dies, that's how you get into heaven, that death is the entrance into heaven? Jesus Christ is the entrance into heaven. Mm-hmm. <laughs> His death. Yeah, His, His death. Into he died. The city on a hill. 
you're high and lifted up and you form a water city. When you drink the living waters, it raises you above the curse, above the snake line. Isaiah 35, there's a highway that raises you up, a highway of holiness. It's a highway of living water. The water itself is onside the gold path of the highway, and it's the gold path of the Word of God that you walk in, the water of the Word that raises you up to live in the holy city above the curse of the fall. The city on the hill is the city of New Jerusalem being formed on the seven mountains, removing the whore of Babylon and the seven-headed beasts, and Jezebel and all the principalities of everything that's killed and stolen and robbed God's covenant people for 2,000 years since Jesus Christ purchased back this whole universe. And we're establishing that city over the mountains, the true city on a hill. And we will be the fullness of His light before He comes, burning out all the enemies of Christ through the nations, through all flesh. We're going to devour all flesh with the glory of His love, with the living waters. And it's all in the Word of God. Amen. Oh my God. Mm, it's so good revelating with you guys. An apostolic team is forming in the water temple to draw everyone into the city of living waters, the city of David, the city of glory. We'll have one city. I believe a million people can enter this city by drinking the living waters. And all the temptations that shut them down in their soul to, to get into complacent satisfaction, to be distracted by other things that are going on other places, it's all going to get washed. We're just going to have one city here. We're going to have one temple on earth as it is in heaven. And it's going to be the water temple and the water city. So let's get drinking and start demonstrating and we'll come into the fullness of the unity of the brethren and their God demands life forevermore. The eternal overcoming of the curse of death is when the city is formed on earth by drinking the living water. Amen. Come into financial partnership with this ministry. Fuel this team. As you give, all of this stuff that we're doing gets magnified throughout the earth. We're reaching millions of people. You're not sowing just into me. You're sowing into Penny's music. You're sowing into Nikolai's media. You're sowing into Jake and his family. You're sowing into the whole community growing together. You're sowing into your future in the water city and in the water temple. Let's grow together, partner with Red Letter Ministries, and partner with the government of God, and see increase in every level of your life. RedLetterMen.com. We'll see you guys tomorrow. Amen. Amen. I love you guys. Love you guys.